Atmosphere Church podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. As you can see from that video, we're in a series called Follow Me. Those two words are so powerful. I think about the disciples in the Bible and how those two words completely changed their life. Those two words actually changed the world if you think about it. And those two words continued to change the world. Many of you that are watching me right now have decided to follow Jesus and he has changed your life. Well, we've looked at what it means to follow Jesus. We've looked at the invitation that Jesus has given everyone to follow him. Today, we want to look at probably the most important component of these two words, follow me, and that is hearing God's voice, because you can't follow unless you actually hear. And we want to talk about that this morning. There is a text that we read in the Gospel of John chapter 10, where Jesus is given this illustration about a shepherd with sheep. And there are a lot of places throughout the Bible where we are compared to sheep, believe it or not. And as you think about, you know, how crazy sheep are, you're just like, what is God trying to tell us about who we are? But Jesus in this chapter gives us a really powerful verse to really contemplate this morning. And and this isn't a profound uh, idea or theological point. This is a, a very practical truth that we really need to look at when it comes to following Jesus. And here's what it says in John chapter 10, verse 27. If you have your Bible, uh, you can follow along with this. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So my sheep hear my voice and when they hear me, they follow me. So in other words, you have to hear him to follow him. So we need to look at this. And what I love about covering this particular verse today is (laughs) I talked to a friend of mine who is in a very traditional church. And he said that, hey, this Sunday is Good Shepherd Sunday. He had no idea that I was covering this text today. And I always look at those little things as God winks for me, that this is what we are supposed to talk about. So today is Good Shepherd Sunday, and we're talking about the Good Shepherd. And speaking of the Good Shepherd, if, if you back up and you read verse three and four, there's even a stronger clarity of what Jesus is speaking to these religious professionals who were coming against Jesus and Jesus was coming against them by saying that the reason you don't understand me is because you uh, aren't a part of my flock. That's what he was telling these guys. But backing up to verse three and four, listen to what Jesus says. He says, the sheep respond to the shepherd's voice. He calls his sheep by name and leads them out of the pen. After he's brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. 
Now, I know a lot of you have not been around sheep. Uh, maybe some of you have. But I saw this video uh, kind of putting this uh, on display uh, with a farmer that had a flock of sheep. So I just want you to see this video. This is actually uh, from Norway, believe it or not. Go ahead and watch this. What a great living illustration of what Jesus just said. Sheep are smarter than you think. They knew the voice of their farmer and they went to him because they knew he had some food and he was going to lead them. So with this idea in mind about hearing the voice of the shepherd and how important that is to follow Jesus, I was thinking about this idea that God has a voice. And maybe you're new to faith, you're new to Christianity. I, I want you to know that God has a voice and he wants to speak to you. So the moment that you say yes to Jesus, something powerful takes place. You are given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. And, and I want you to think about it this way. The Holy Spirit basically becomes God's speaker for his voice. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, what you're doing is you're receiving the speaker. And a lot of you guys, you know, like the Bluetooth, the way it works, that God's voice now has a source to come out and start talking to you. And before the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you really don't have access to God's voice. I mean, there, there are ways that God can communicate with you. But when you become a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit given to you so that you can follow him. So as he's speaking to you, you could pay attention to the directions and instructions of what he's saying. Now, he doesn't necessarily speak audibly, even though I guess you might say it, it is audible when God starts using people around your life. And he does that sometimes to give you a message. Uh, but when you think about this idea of hearing God's voice, it, it's not an audible voice of how God speaks. Uh, and, and a lot of people struggle with that because they start kind of overthinking it about God's voice. And, and they start asking questions like, well, how do I know it's God and not the devil? How, how do I know this is God and, and not just my thoughts running wild? Uh, how do I know it's God and not the double-double from in and out that I had at 9 p.m. last night? You know, it's like, what is the, the marker to be able to discern and uh, figure out what is God and what is his voice versus what is something else? And, and the, again, this is a very practical message. And, and I encourage you to take notes on this because it's this message and a message like this that really revolutionized how I walk with God. And some of you, you've never been taught this. You've been maybe a Christian all of your life and you really haven't been taught how to hear the voice of God for your life. And that is so important for you to really follow Jesus. So how does God process uh, our faith or, or how does he speak to us? And um, most of the time, God is speaking to us through three avenues. Uh, number one is through convictions. Uh, he, will, he will start convicting you. There, there, there will be something inside of you like an alarm system 
that will go off if you are going off path, uh, if, if you're uh, maybe about ready to make a decision that you should make, uh, there will be almost like a built-in a voice saying, run away or stop or go another direction. And, and so conviction is actually a good thing. Or perhaps you do something that you shouldn't have done. There, there is that, hey, that, that's not good. And you shouldn't do that again. And how you discern the voice of God from the voice of the devil on this is God's voice of correction it is always covered in gentleness and it's not shameful, it's not condemning. So if, if there is a shame and a condemnation that is moving in, that's not the voice of God. God is moving you into a direction of correction. And so it's gonna be gentle, just like a parent. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about, where your child does something they're not supposed to do, and you want to make sure they don't do it again. You don't sit there and keep beating them up on, on this thing that they did. You correct them, and you love them, and you move on.com, right? So there's a conviction that comes in when God begins speaking to you uh, about things that, that he wants to do in your life or, or keep you from in your life. The, the other way is through your thoughts. And this is what gets really confusing for a lot of people because there's, you know, every day I think we have, uh, scientists believe 10,000 different thoughts that cross your mind every day. Isn't that crazy to think about how many different thoughts come across your mind? And obviously, not every thought that crosses your mind is God speaking to you. So how do you discern and differentiate God's thoughts from just your own random thoughts or maybe even something demonic or that double-double cheeseburger from in and out I will tell you the best way that I've learned to discern the voice of God in my thoughts is when something is of God, I find it to be repetitive. And the most observant way that I know the voice of God and discern the voice of God in my thoughts is when it comes to thinking about people. So I will be minding my own business like this week, just to give you an example. And I woke up and a friend of mine popped in my mind. Now, at that point, I might have dismissed it and said, oh, well, it's just a random thought. Uh, I wonder how he's doing and, you know, go and make my green morning smoothie and just forget about, you know, my friend. But this particular morning, I thought of him when I got up, went and did my devotion. In the middle of my devotion, he popped into my head again. I finished my devotion and I pulled up something uh, that, that popped up on, uh, from my devotion. And immediately when it popped up, I thought about my friend a third time. Within, this is within an hour. So I knew like, well, wait a minute. God's in this thought. So I reached out to him. I, matter of fact, I sent him something uh, that God had given me in my devotion and he was really appreciative of it. So I look at those things. There's like, those aren't just random thoughts. When God has a thought that he's trying to speak into your soul, it will be repetitive. You won't be able to shake it, all right? Here's the third way, and I call it the compilation of circumstances. Now, all of us in our brains, we have this part of our brain called the reticular activating system, or the RAS. And the reticular activating system of your brain is the part of your brain that hones in on specific sensory uh, items. 
Uh, the, the part of your brain, that the, the reticular activating system is the part of your brain, let's say uh, you start looking for a new car and you start looking, I don't know, at, at Jeep, uh, you know, Jeep Grand Cherokees and you start thinking about buying a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Well, all of a sudden you start driving down the road and you, you notice all these Jeep Grand Cherokees. Like, I didn't realize there were so many Jeep Grand Cherokees on the road. Well, They've been there the whole time, but the part of your brain, the reticular activating system, has now honed in on that because it knows that you're interested in this. I believe when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive an anointed reticular activating system where the Holy Spirit gets inside of us and starts causing us to pay attention to specific items to where he gets our attention. And to give you an example of, of how God did this in my own life, I think about how we were uh, really encouraged and uh, inspired to start this new church in Thousand Oaks. Now, we knew that God had a new season for us, uh, Tara and I did, but we didn't know what it was, where it was. And a friend of ours, uh, Pastor Darren, had, you know, I, I felt a, a nudge from the Holy Spirit to call him. Again, I'm hearing God call Darren, so I called Darren, and we end up talking, and we prayed together, and he mentioned this thing about Thousand Oaks, and, and I kind of laughed it off, and I, you know, I, I wasn't really ready for a directive of other, something other than Vegas, and so I just kind of you know, shrugged it off, went and spoke for him a couple months later uh, in Thousand Oaks. And again, I shrugged it off. My whole family, we just shrugged it off and just thought, okay, you know, it's a great community, but not for us, not right now. And between February, when I spoke for Pastor Darren and the time that we launched Atmosphere Church in October, was it nine months, there were about 12 specific events where Thousand Oaks popped up. To me, it seemed like it popped up magically like out of nowhere, before all of this happened, before Pastor Darren had mentioned Thousand Oaks, to be honest with you, I didn't even know where Thousand Oaks was. When Darren started talking to me about Thousand Oaks, I automatically thought it was up in the Bay Area where he was at. See, people from Bakersfield, like where I was born and raised, we either go to Pismo Beach or we go to Disneyland. We bypass this whole area. So I didn't even know this whole area existed. But for nine months, like I heard Thousand Oaks, Thousand Oaks, and I honed in on it. And, and one of the biggest things that happened is I was at the Vegas church and it was between services and the Holy Spirit put on my heart to go and speak to this older couple that had been coming for quite some time. I hadn't really ever talked to them. And I felt like maybe I was supposed to go pray for them. And I went up to them and I said, hey, how you guys doing? And, and I just want to check on you, see if I can pray for you. And they were very appreciative that I came over to start talking to them uh, about you know, their life. And then they went into this tangent about how they used to live in Thousand Oaks before they moved to Vegas to be closer to their grandkids. And they went on and told me all about Thousand Oaks. Now, keep in mind, they had no idea what I was processing, what my wife was processing. They had no idea. I felt as though I was being punked. Like everybody knows this idea that, that we're thinking and praying about Thousand Oaks or whatever. And, and everybody knows, and like somebody told this couple and they're like selling me on Thousand Oaks. It, it, was, it was so crazy. I started like 
almost laughing in the conversation and I didn't want to come off rude to this couple because I walked away. They still didn't know what was going on. Uh, not until we made the decision to, to start the church uh, uh, did they know kind of what was processing in my mind. All that to say that God was speaking to me about Thousand Oaks through my reticular activating system, allowing me to hone in on Thousand Oaks. And I believe that God wants to sanctify your reticular activating system so that he will get you paying attention to the direction that he wants to take you and take your family. So, so if you see something repetitive and it keeps popping up and you're, uh, you keep seeing it pop up, then pay attention to that. That may be from God. All right, so those are like the three big ways that God speaks to us. And I, I just wanna give you three other things that are very important. Like those, this is kind of how God speaks. This is more of how we can make sure that we hear him. And so if you're taking notes, write these three things down because these are very important if you wanna hone in on hearing God. So let me quickly give you the three ways how to hone in on hearing the voice of God better in your life now that the speaker has been installed, all right? So the first one we wanna talk about is quietness. Quietness, write that down in your notes, quietness. Uh, what's so funny about my own personal walk with God, <laughs> I used to really believe I heard God better when I was in the shower or when I was in my hot tub. And I call those places my sanctuary. And I kept thinking like, why do I hear God better in the shower and better in my hot tub? Is there, is, is like somehow the water acting as a conduit of heaven? That am, I, am I hearing God better through water? Uh, maybe I just need to be in water more. And, and then as I process this, it dawned on me, it's not the water, it's the quietness of my head when I'm in the shower and when I'm in my hot tub. And so in those spaces, I am quiet. And the quieter I am, the louder God's voice becomes. And here's what you need to understand. If nobody has ever taught you this, God's voice is a still small voice. And we get this from 1 Kings chapter 19, the story of the prophet Elijah and how he is running from God to really get a hold of God to, to find out how he can get through his space of depression and anxiety. Yes, that's right. Men of God suffer sometimes from depression and anxiety. So he's running from God. He's trying to get a hold of God. And all of this stuff is happening outside of this cave that he's hunkered in on. And, and uh, you know, this fire and, and all of these weather things are happening. And God's voice wasn't in any of it. And it wasn't until this breeze came along that he really heard the voice of God. And what this speaks to us is that God speaks in whisper. And knowing this is so important because if, if you're in a conversation with somebody and they're whispering and you're in a room, this has happened, I'm sure to you before, right? You're having a conversation with somebody and somebody has a TV on and, and it's really loud and you're having this conversation with them and the TV's so loud and you're getting distracted and what, what, eventually you get frustrated, right? You're like, well, I just gotta turn the TV off or I gotta hit mute or I gotta turn it down or, or you tell somebody, hey, I'm trying to have a conversation here. The same is true 
for how we get a hold of God. We have to learn to turn the volume down of the things that are surrounding our life. Maybe you've been in the car like me and you're lost and you're trying to find your way somewhere and Siri's trying to tell you where to go and everyone's talking in the car, the radio's on. And what I've done so often is like, shh, everyone be quiet, turn the radio off. Why? Because I have to hear myself think. (laughs) I've done that so much but there's something about the quietness that allows you to process the voice of God better. Now, this is super important for us because we live in what sociologists call the age of interruption. So first we had, right, the Iron Age. Then we had the Industrial Age. Then we had in the 70s and 80s, the Informational Age. But now we're moving into the age of interruption or we're in the age of interruption. In other words, there are so many sources of noise in our life that it is really difficult for us to hear anything. So what Jesus practiced and what he taught his followers to practice was solitude. So in a way, it's isolation, but it's more than isolation. It's purposeful isolation for the benefit of getting more connected with God. So solitude, Jesus practiced it very often. We read in the gospel of Mark that he would, in the busyness of his ministry, he would wake up early just so that he could have his alone time where everything was quiet to get his directives from God before all of the pandemonium broke loose when everyone woke up, when everyone was busy trying to get a piece of Jesus. Like he went in the quietness of the early morning hours And God in that space downloaded to him exactly what he needed to do for the day. See, what we need to pay attention to is God is always speaking to us. He's always given us directives for our lives. But we need to practice quietness in order for us to really hear the directives and the way that he's trying to speak into our lives. And as we think about this, We don't want to be guilty of making a bad decision in our life or going a direction we shouldn't go because we didn't hear God speak to us. I I want to encourage you, get quieter and God will speak louder. He'll speak into those questions that you have. Some of you are are on the fence on a decision, like what should we do? What should we do? I, I encourage you, get quiet this week. And he's going to speak directly into that situation. And, and if you don't, there's ramifications, right? If you make a wrong decision, you know, you, you can hurt yourself. And there's so many ways to, to get distracted. And, and once you get distracted, man, you can really hurt yourself. I'll never get seventh grade. I was walking across my campus at my middle school. And of course, it's embarrassing just to be a middle schooler, right? So I'm walking across Kern Junior High School, Sean remembers that school, and I was walking across, and, and I was walking to my bike rack, right, and where my BMX bike was. I'm a child of the 80s. I'm walking to, to go home for lunch, and I see some friends. I'm distracted. I'm thinking about what they're going to be doing, and I ran right into a pole on the asphalt that was set up for the volleyball court, but there was no volleyball net. There was just a pole in the middle of the asphalted area and it knocked me silly. I saw the stars above my head like the old cartoons and I just kept walking on my bike and I was like, man, I'm hot. And I kind of wiped my forehead. I was gushing blood. 
And then I had to go to the office and get taped up, and that was super embarrassing. Uh, I'm still in counseling because of that. Uh, but I, I tell you that it can be so damaging to be distracted. And the solution for our distraction is to get quiet. And some of you, the only choice for you to get quiet is in the morning. And I'm telling you, even David said this in the Psalms, that it is good to seek the Lord in the morning. There's something about it. I'm not saying it's, you know, uh, it's not as, uh, or I should say it's, it's bad to seek him at night. It's just even more powerful to seek him before your day begins. Because what things are we missing out on God speaking to us uh, when we just go to him at night? There are things that God wants to speak to us that are coming up in our day, and we don't want to miss them, right? Uh, here's the second thing. Write this down, and that is familiarness. Familiarness. It is a word. I looked it up. Uh, but there's a familiarness that we need to develop when it comes to hearing the voice of God. And, and really, you develop that familiarness by repetitiveness, by just being around God and experiencing God, you will start developing like, oh, that was God. So next time that comes around, you're familiar with it, right? And maybe you can't identify like the, the sheep in the video and, and how they just automatically came to their shepherd, but you probably have owned a dog. And when you own a dog, this is something, dogs are so intelligent, they're so smart. And they will get used to certain sounds and they will automatically know. They will know when you're home. They'll know when you pull up in your driveway. Uh, they'll know your whistle. They'll know your voice. Uh, dogs are like that. I, I would say even we are like that as people. Uh, I know that at our house, uh, because of you know always hearing when my kids pulled up in the driveway, I would tell Tara, uh, Josiah's home, uh, Kenzie's home, uh, Kylie's home, and, and I would just hear them drive up. And she's like, I don't hear anything. And pretty soon they would come in the front door. She goes, how did you hear that? I go, I don't know. I've just, I, I've learned to kind of tune in to certain sounds by hearing them so frequently. And that's what happens with the voice of God. It happens so frequently, you learn to tune into that and the sound becomes very familiar to you. So the more experiences that you have, the more tuned in you are to the tone or to the sound of when God is actually moving in your midst, trying to talk to you about it. The most important part of, of our relationship with God is our relationship. And so what you need to understand is God is more into you hanging out with him than he is you following his rules. That's a word for somebody this morning. You know, it, we always default to like rule keeping when God is all about relationship building. God wants to build a relationship with you. And so the more you hang out with God, the more you're getting to know his heart, the more you're getting to know his tone, the more familiar his sound is. And so you can walk into certain circumstances and just automatically know God's in this. God's speaking to me about this. That's how it works. In John chapter 15, Jesus goes on and starts talking about this incredible dynamic of what happens to our life when we choose to abide in him. That means that when we're intentional to put ourselves in a relationship with him, that he's intentional to put his relationship into us. And he says, powerful things take place. Whatever you ask, he says, I'm going to be on scene. I'm going to do for you. And I really believe we're so honed in on God that 
anything we're talking to God about. It's just happening. Why? Because we're so in alignment with who God is. So it's about relationship and it's about you getting familiar with God. So if you're one of these Christians that you're just dipping in to a relationship with God when you need something, of course you're not gonna be uh, knowing when God's speaking to you. Of course you're gonna be lost and confused. But it's the people that are very intentional about building that relationship and having that familiarness with God that really have this confidence when they go in and say, God's speaking to me about this because they have that relationship with him. And it's an ongoing, daily, abiding relationship where they're in Christ and Christ is in them. That's important. And, and here's the third way that we kind of hone in on the voice of God, and that is togetherness. There's a dynamic of us being together that actually helps amplify the voice of God in our lives, in our relationship with him. And, and if you think about all of the references in the Bible to sheep, you, you need to understand that one of the big reasons that God compares us to sheep is because we're supposed to be a part of his flock so he can lead us. Psalm 95 verses six through eight, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. I know it may scare you to have somebody say, stay with the group. I know if like I'm visiting somewhere and and somebody tells us to stay with the group, that's like nails on the chalkboard. It's like, no way, I don't wanna be with the group, man. The group slows us down. But in this particular case, staying with the group helps you hone in on the voice of God for your life. Why? Because it's in the group that if you start getting off track, you have somebody in your life that is able to say, hey, hey, the direction you're going, I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, have you thought about maybe doing this? You know, the Bible even says that there's wisdom in the counsel of many. And, and so when you are with the flock and the flock is moving towards God, it's gonna help you hear God better and more effectively in your life. Occasionally I'll hear somebody say, I don't need the church to follow Jesus. And, and my rebuttal to them is, Jesus thinks differently than you. Jesus thinks you need the church. You think about how he created the church. He's the inventor of the church, okay? But he's also, if you read through the gospels, he's gathering people together all the time, sending them out together in groups. Jesus believes in the church. He created the church. But if that's not enough for you, you got to think about all of these other New Testament writers that put such a, an emphasis on gathering together. I, I think of the author of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. It says, we must also consider how to encourage each other to show love and to do good things. We should not stop gathering together with other believers as some of you are doing. This means something different now that we're in quarantine. Just realize this. Instead, we must continue to encourage each other even more as we see the day of the Lord coming. Now, obviously, we're trying to be obedient citizens, and so we're staying at home. We're not gathering together. But just because we're not meeting in a building on Sunday mornings doesn't mean we're not gathering. 
whether you're on a Zoom life group call or maybe you're just texting some people um, or you're getting on a phone call with people or even I would consider even you being in your living room with some other people uh, there that, that we're gathering together. And of course, through social media, that's another way that we're gathering together. But setting all of that aside, the, the big idea that I wanna give you is that when we're together, we encourage one another to move in the direction that God wants for our life. I say it like this, we are better together. We are better together. When you're with another person that is moving their life towards God or at least desiring to move their life towards God, you become a better follower of Jesus. Why? Because it's gonna be easier for you to hear God when the flock is moving towards the voice of God. It's gonna be easier and better for you in the long run. There's over a 100 one another's in the New Testament. The one another's are things like, you know, love one another, serve one another, forgive one another. There's a lot of one another's. And the reason there are so many is because God always intended you to be in community with other people. And that's gonna help you hone in on the voice of God for your own personal life. You are meant to be in community with other believers. And so if you don't have people in our church that you're connected with, if, if I'm the only one of Atmosphere Church that you're really connected with, I mean, I love being connected with you and I don't wanna take anything away from that, but I'm only one guy. It's not humanly impossible for me to have a personal connection with everybody that's a part of our church. I start tapping out after six or seven people. So it's humanly impossible. However, it's not humanly impossible for you to be connected with five other people in our church community to do life with and that are gonna help you hone in on the voice of God for your own life. And the way we best do this in our church is we do it through life groups. And so if you are not actively a part of a life group, I wanna encourage you to get involved in a life group. Text the Atmos phone and just simply type in life groups on the text and we will send you a form and we will place you in a life group so that you can start living your life together with other believers that are gonna actually help you personally hone in on the voice of God for your own life. I, I'm out of time. And, and I really hope that this message has spoken to you and, and allowed you to see, number one, the importance of hearing the voice of God in your life. And number two, that, that Jesus really has so much to offer your life. I believe when you follow Jesus, <laughs> you're gonna make your life better and you're gonna be better at life. I really do. And, and so some of you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus and, and I wanna encourage you to do that this morning as you're watching this right now. If you're far from God, if you think, wow, like could I really have a relationship with God? And the answer is absolutely yes. You can have a relationship with God. Can I hear the voice of God? Absolutely. He wants right now this morning to, to install this speaker, not this speaker, but the speaker, metaphorically speaking, so that he can begin speaking to you and guiding your life and guiding how you were to be that husband, to be that wife, to be that father, to be that mother, to be that neighbor. He, he wants to speak to you about that, but you need to receive him. You need to say, Jesus, I wanna follow you and I wanna receive you. I want you to fill 
my life up. So I wanna pray with you right now, wherever you're at with God, would you just bow your head, just close your eyes and just pray with me. Father, I just thank you for this message this morning. I believe you are using this to really cause people to follow you, to hear your voice. God, I pray this morning that if somebody that is watching is far from you, they haven't made that decision to surrender their life to you and follow Jesus, I pray for them right now as they make this decision. And if you want to make that decision, just pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you for dying for my sin and for resurrecting from the grave so that I might receive the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you have given me a new life for installing that speaker so that I can hear you speak to me and guide my life and to be the person that you've called me to be. For today, I give you my life. I become a follower of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.